by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome back to N17 Women. I'm Caroline, and I'm joined today by Rachel, Sean, and Abby to discuss Spurs women's first match of the season in the WSL. Of course, it should have happened last week against Manchester United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but that match was postponed due to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And we had a change of plans. So we had to wait an extra week to finally see the team back in action. But now we can finally discuss this 2-1 away win against Leicester City. So how are y'all doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, good. It's been a bit of an epic weekend football-wise. But other than that, it's all good. Yep, yep. Doing well. Just enjoying my Monday. Awesome. Uh, So I know Rachel and Sean were both at the game in Leicester. And Abby and I were watching from home. Uh, So we'll start things off with talking about the lineup for the match. Uh, So our starting 11 was Becky Spencer in goal, Shalina Zadorski, Molly Bartrip, and Amy Turner in the back three. And then we had Ash Neville and Asmita Ale as the wingbacks with Engrad James and Drew Spence as the midfield pairing. And then we had Jessica Naz and Rosella Ayan as wingers with Evelina Sumanen playing in sort of a false nine role, which I think was a bit unexpected. Uh, so what, what did y'all think about these selection decisions from Rianne? Were there any surprises, any notable omissions as far as you're concerned? What do you think, Rachel? Well, I think we were all surprised not to see Nikki. And then we found out via Twitter moles that she was perhaps <laughs> slightly injured in um, uh, international duty I uh, luckily not very injured we saw her warming up on the sideline on and she seemed you know cheery and chatty and all those things and she was able to jog without a limp so hopefully that means it's not a long-term thing but I think that was one of our big surprises um, so it felt like quite a defensive team to be playing against Leicester especially who is you know, at least slated to be one of our less difficult opponents of the season. I mean, that may, of course, not turn out to be the case. And it wasn't like it was an easy game, but it was surprising to see perhaps three central backs, three centre backs. It was a little bit surprising to have Evelina as the point of the attack. I don't know what other people were surprised by that or not, but it certainly wasn't exactly the lineup I was thinking was going to happen. Yes, it seemed to be bringing in the, the new players that came in seemed to be the ones that had WSL experience. And I guess there's an argument for doing that and, you know, bringing in that experience. But it did feel like a strangely defensive lineup um, against a side where we should be hoping to get a win, where we should be looking to score some goals. And and I think, you know, our, our, our takeaway from last season was we needed to score more goals uh, and for, a, for the first game of the season, wanted to do that, it felt like a cautious start. Yeah, I I agree. I thought the the, the choice of, of Evelina coming in up there was was the weirdest one for me, given that Nicola was out. Um, I woke up basically right at kickoff and looked at the lineup and was kind of like just half asleep trying to make sense of it for a minute. And it's funny to me because I would have said... Um, in fact, I think I might have said it on this podcast that I'd like to see Evelina played further back. So to wake up and then see her as like a false nine, like sort of bordering on like 
maybe sometimes trying to be a 10 uh, seemed weird. And I, I'm not sure I really liked that one very much, but you know what? Uh, we, we got the three points. Everything else was like <laughs> kind of as I expected. Um, a, a, aside from that forward line, it does seem like we're sticking with players who know where they're supposed to be on the pitch and know how they're supposed to run around and where each other are going to be. Um, yeah, but I'll be interested to see what we do next week. Uh, for sure. I think it could be quite different or it could be exactly the same. I really don't know at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it was actually, I, I was actually thinking about next week as one of perhaps the reasons for trying it this week is that, Against Arsenal, perhaps Rianne does want to have a three going into five across the back to protect the goal that much more. And so maybe she wanted to do the same thing this week as she's going to do next week to give that team or at least that back line a chance to gel. Because I don't think it was very, it it didn't provide a lot of creativity this week. Um, And it felt like we were very reactive to what Leicester were doing, which, again, totally makes sense next week when we're going to be playing Arsenal. But playing Leicester, to have what we do determined by the shape that they are producing seemed a little bit odd. And so in the first half, they were playing much more a sort of counter-attacking game. And in the second half, they were playing a pressing game. And that really seemed to determine the rhythm of the game much more than anything that Rianne did. And I think part of that was because of, I don't know, not being very strong in midfield and having like, you know, just all of those centre-backs there. I don't know. Well, I think as well, if if you're going to make your decisions about how you play based on the opposition, uh, then you're going to find that's the, the way it happens sometimes. If you have a way that you play and you 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 play how you play, then you control the game or you have the opportunity to control the game and make those decisions. If you sit back and go, right, well, this is how the opposition play and that's therefore how, therefore this is how we're going to play. And if what we were looking to do is kind of test out a system based on what's going to happen next week, then you do, you know, it does, you do get that sense of we don't really know what we're doing. So we'll just respond to the other team because we're still kind of learning. And I think that's kind of, it worries me if that's the that if that is where Rianne's coming from because I feel like that's uh, something that you want to do if you're not confident in your own abilities. Really, if you're not confident in what your team can do, then you react to how the other team are going to play. If you're confident in what your team can do and how they play, we play how we play, and it, you know we make small adjustments based on who we're playing. But basically, this is how we play. So it, you know it, it does worry me a little bit if she's that that concerned you know we we've got to beat these smaller teams um and not just focus on the big the big four and how we're going to play against them because we're still not you know we've had one season where we've been the best of the rest we've got to do that again before we can start to think of being that as that being our default position yeah and like it just feels like we're waiting to for something still like maybe we don't like the players that we just signed haven't quite bedded in yet. And like, we have injuries to a bunch of our crucial attacking players. And at some point it's just like, I, I, I feel like I'm waiting for us to step in and take control of a game like that and not just like be riding by the seat of our pants through um, the other teams, tactical changes, no matter what. And I just don't quite know what we're waiting for, but I, I hope I hope we start to see less of that. <laughs> I do think that having Nicola 
injured kind of threw Rianne for a loop with her selection because, you know, in preseason, we were seeing Evelina playing almost as like a holding midfielder. So this was just the complete opposite role for her. And I didn't think she looked particularly comfortable in it. Um, and then we also had kind of a, you know, early game adjustment to make because Rosella Ion got injured very quickly. Um, it appears to be an ankle injury and we, we don't have a full update on her status just yet. But yeah, that, I think that kind of threw a wrinkle into the attack too. How do you think Rianne adjusted to that? So I think that you're right about the loss of Nicola specifically having this big impact, I think, especially on the team's ability to break the press. So in the second half, there was long periods where we were basically just down in the Leicester end and they had sort of control of the ball. They were pressing. We weren't able to almost cross the halfway line. And every now and again, you would see sort of Becky kicking the ball out long and it just first players weren't retaining it. It wasn't going to anyone. They weren't able to keep it. And it was bouncing back into the half again. Leicester players were really winning all of those sort of midfield and attacking battles. And with Nicola there, you feel like there would have been a long ball option, which would have then just meant that Leicester would have to defend in a different way. And you just, you know, you just, there were more options. Um, And so that felt like a real loss I'm not sure that having Ellie Brazil come on for Ian made so much difference that they are somewhat similar players. Um, they're both pretty good at sort of tracking back. They are able to, you know, they're fast. Um, they play differently, obviously. But this game, Ellie missed a good chance. So in that sense, <laughs> she was picking up Ross's mantle. Oh. See, I think it like I think it actually made more of a difference because like it, in a really non-obvious way, though, I just think that like even though Ellie runs around a lot and she's clearly a smart player who loves to press and can follow the pressing patterns, she just seemed like she was getting dominated physically kind of. And so even if she was running the same way as Rosella was, would have, I think Rosella is just a more physically dominant player, which I think is like a really funny thing to say about two like total string beans. But like Rosella seemed to press more successfully in the past when I've watched her. And then like, she might not make the shots, but she does take them. And Ellie does not take the number of shots Rosella takes yet. And I think like even taking shots is like, you know, it, it's, if you take a shot, even, even if it like, you know, sometimes it goes out for a corner, sometimes it just breaks up play in a way that like takes the pressure off of your defense, I think. And like, you know, some of them have got to go in, especially if Rizal is playing more centrally. So I think like, I think we missed her shots. I think we missed her physical presence. I, I think none of these are like huge and concern, hugely concerning things to me about Ellie. Um, I think the more minutes she gets, she'll like, I think she'll easily become a better player than Rosella, but like today or yesterday, I guess it was like, it wasn't there yet. And I think it did limit our ability to win back the ball and sustain attacks. I think we, we did, we did lack people shooting. Um, that, that was a key problem, wasn't it really? Just lots of passing the ball around on the edge of the box. Nobody really willing to go into the box. Nobody really willing to take a shot until, you know, we had a couple of uh, nice ones a little bit later on, but you know, it was a lot of 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 just kind of no, it's all right, you have it. You know, as Misa Ale running up, passing the ball to somebody, and then just going, no, nope, back to you, and you just get a little triangle thing of play going on down one side. 
Um, and same problem we've had last season. You know, you need to have somebody who is in the box, who likes to stay in the box, um, who wants to receive the ball in the box. And when they get it there, we'll take a shot. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, I would say, congestion on our right side attacking flank. The ball tended to just kind of get stuck there because our passes were not particularly crisp, especially in that first half, you know, as we started um, and it just wasn't going anywhere. But because we weren't having, you know, the best luck with our build-up play, our goals actually came from, I mean, there's no other way to put it, just wonder goals, essentially. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to the goals. So Ash Neville, um, who everyone might recall, scored our last goal of last season, which was also against Leicester, um, got us started this season with a goal in the 35th minute. Uh, and it was a shot from, I think they said it was over 35 yards out from the goal. She saw that Lester's keeper was off her line, just took her shot and it went in. Um, and then we also saw a goal in the 45th minute, just before halftime from Drew Spence. It was her debut goal for Spurs and not quite as long range for her, um, but still outside the box. And her shot was more of a, you know, low drilled shot. So what did y'all think about the goals? Well, you can always rely on Ash when everybody else is not quite um, striving as much as you might hope. She's the one, I mean, we'd already seen her running across to the other side of the pitch practically to try and get the ball when nobody was passing to her. She was clearly getting a little bit frustrated, um, but the ball came to her Yeah, uh, on the, uh, she'd switched sides by this point. So down the right and um, she took the ball basically from the center circle, few strides and then uh, I mean, she'd obviously been watching Sunny the day before because it was a fairly similar kind of thing, wasn't it? Um, and ju- I mean, just a beautiful uh, over the top of the keeper into the goal. I, she didn't believe she'd scored it. You know, she said in the post-match interviews, she didn't. She was told off by her teammates for not celebrating enough, but she just couldn't quite believe it had gone in. Uh, you know, but we know this. This is what we love about Ash. Is or one of the many things we love about Ash is that kind of ability to score those goals despite not actually being a, a player who you would think would um um I wasn't so impressed by Drew's it was a bit I mean it was a bit of a bobble along the floor kind of a an affair that you might have thought a Leicester player might have got a boot in the way for but you know they didn't and it went through so excellent stuff good to get off the mark for her um she was a she had a bit of an up and down game I'd say it was quite quiet for a lot of it but uh and then obviously the the goal at the other end was obviously down to her as well so um, an interesting game from her, but I, Ash is fantastic, and uh, just um, and um, as as proved by the fact, I think that the Leicester fans didn't know what else to do but boo her for the last fifteen minutes of the game. Yeah, I think it's uh, funny you mentioned Ash's post game comments uh, when they interviewed Drew. She said that basically she took her shot because she knew that if she did not take her shot, she would have gotten a talking to from Rianne. So they're you know they've obviously been given instruction to to take more shots. So that's never a bad thing to see. Uh, So we went into halftime with the two nil lead. It was feeling pretty comfortable. Second half started and we, you know, we were still pushing for a third goal. And unfortunately we conceded a goal off of a set piece and it actually went in off of Drew Spence. So she scored for both teams on the day, unfortunately. Um, So do y'all think that set piece, uh, defense is going to continue to be a big issue, just like it was last season. 
I mean, apparently, <laughs> like that was, I think I, I meant to count this up before recording, but we've already conceded a lot of set piece goals in preseason. And now again, yesterday, and I actually think like yesterday, it's tough to say because it was like, it was bad. It wasn't just like, she didn't know anything about it. And it went in off of her, her body shape was like facing the goal and she straight up just volleyed it directly into the back of the net um, and so it wasn't quite like some of our other set piece concessions where it's like, we get beat to the ball by a player, like, you know, our positioning is wrong, our spacing is wrong. And so I'm not sure if like, I don't, I, I can't make up my mind on whether to count it as like part of our set piece problems or not, but like, whether or not you count it, I still think we're going to have trouble and like other teams are going to notice this and they're going to do set pieces against us. And like, it was just bad. It, it it made me feel not good. I think I was like down on the rest of the game because of that. Um, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to Drew Spence post-match, when they talked about the goal in the, in the post-match interview, she did just straight away say, yeah, that was my fault. I need to do better. Yeah, fair you enough. Like to see, you like to see from a player and um, and that was good news. And, you know, first game things, it, it takes them a while to get warmed up. But yes, not... Of course, yeah. Just, I mean, I, and, and well, for me, it was the whole second half was the end of the first half we were so excited about what the second half might be you know okay we've got a two goal cushion we're starting to play our football um let's go out and have some shots the keeper clearly looks vulnerable here um let's have some shots let's try and get some confidence ahead of the big game because confidence will come from a big win again because with no disrespect to Leicester they are probably relegation favorites in most people's eyes um, so the optics of losing to them or not winning by a huge margin have a bearing on what happens next. Uh, and so I think we were just shocked then the second half. We seem to spend most of the half in their, in most of the game in their half, um, not coming out, not, not playing our football, just being held back. The midfield seeming to be overrun by Leicester players um, and nothing really changing from our perspective. You know, we didn't kind of say, OK, let's you know let's put somebody else in the midfield and try and spread it out Leicester started trying to play through the middle where we didn't have so much so many players and they were winning the balls in the middle of the park so it was the second half that really made me concerned in that game I was we were so excited half time um what the second half could be and it just mm. apart from anything else we were upset because all the action happened at the other end of the park because of that <laughs> uh, where we were sat and the players seemed to spend the whole game playing as far away from um, the fans as they could but you know it just it was a disappointing second half for me yeah I mean obviously I I was in the same other position as, as Sean and so it was also happening at the other end also similarly like massively excited about the second half and I was like we're gonna see loads of goals I was telling like this young Spurs fan next to me I was like oh the second half's gonna be really good you'll get to see the Spurs playing players scoring which I am never usually that excited you know optimistic that I think they're going to score but by the end of the first half it did really feel like that and the second half and I said before I think that Leicester just came and they changed their tactics completely and they stopped sitting back they started pressing and we just failed to deal with it but also as Sean said our midfield just just kind of didn't seem to exist half the time and this goes back to this question about the own goal was I don't know if Drew was tired if you know it may you know was it sensible to give her the whole game she hasn't played whole games for us previously she's you know gone on and off she's been substituted off in other games um 
Rianne didn't use, I mean, she obviously had to use the substitute for um, Rosella bringing Ellie on early, but she didn't really use substitutes in a major way. And since we're meant to be in the new era of five substitutes and using them as game changers, and we have actually got game changing players, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. Eventually she took, um, who else did you, she did yes, make, she, that's it. She yes, took Jess off. Yeah, yeah well, and, I think it was the 61st minute. So that yeah, felt pretty so early. So finally she took Jess off, which again, didn't massively affect our midfield. Um, and that was, um, and then uh, it was only in like the 80, like the 80 something minute that she took off Evelina, who had a head injury and yeah. was clearly right. being affected by that. And probably should have been taken off at the time that she was down on the floor for five minutes with maybe concussion. Um, And then finally brings on Celine, who had literally one opportunity to play and made a lovely run, went forward. But by that point, the Spurs were trying to sort of play the ball into the corner and wind down the clock. And so nobody was really looking to goal anymore. And it just felt like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why Rianne didn't use more subs earlier, why there wasn't more of that sort of... Spurs was clearly second best for a lot of the second half, or at least, if not second best, were playing defensive football. Yeah, I totally agree. I really found myself thinking that like every time Lester brought on someone else, they looked a little better, and we had nothing... We didn't do the same. We just made like-for-like like changes. I didn't really notice much of a difference between Jess and Kaya when they swapped. Um, I did notice a difference when Celine came on, not having a player with a head injury and a player who like actually plays as an attacker. um, I thought she did really well. It was really funny. I remember when she like dribbled a lot of the lesser defense, I like saw her look up towards goal and then realize like what the time was and then like turn and dribble (laughs) into the corner instead. So I thought that was really funny. And I just thought she looked great and really fun and quite clever as well. And she made some of the other players look better. I found like, I wonder if we also just like, I noticed right at the beginning of the second half, we had stopped pressing their center backs. Not that we were doing a whole lot of that anyway, because they didn't have the ball all that much. Um, but I wondered if it was kind of just like a shock thing, like we came out expecting to like sit off them and contain and they came out trying to press and suddenly that like put us way more on the back foot than we expected. And we just, you know, we contained, we didn't concede again after the own goal and it ended up being fine. But it almost it does feel like. Like I just, it just feels like we're still managing something, whether it's like new players minutes or like preparing for the Arsenal game, like we said earlier, or like, you know, players coming back from injury, like Jess and Kaya, we know both had minor things over the mm-hmm. summer that they're still managed about. And so it's like, I just don't know. I do wish we could make more subs though. I found myself thinking the exact same thing. I also yeah. have to say, I, I'm not a fan of this. Let's run for the corner flag and and stay there for ages. Particularly not against a team like Leicester when you you've only got a goal in there and they have been the dominant team in that half. Let's just you know, let's give it a go. Let's you know, let's have. If you're running towards the goal, why not continue to run towards the goal and try and actually achieve something? Um, it's you know, it's a it's a cynical way of playing in any competition, but in that game, I just felt it was completely unnecessary. Yeah, like Abby noted, when we saw Celine kind of just abruptly, you know, change direction. <laughs> and it, it was clearly a message from Rianne to to carry out the game safely. And I think with the way in her press conference, she kind of stressed that it was 
good to get the away win. I think that was really her target for this match. Um, I just think that's so unambitious, though. Just I, I know what the, you mean, yeah. For the, for the aim to be just to beat Leicester by one goal. Because she was talking about, like, for the confidence levels and things. I'm like, how much more confidence would you get if you'd actually scored a few more goals? You know, and there was no reason why we couldn't have at least tried to score a few more goals. I think confidence... A one a one goal lead win against the side like Leicester doesn't give you the confidence that we want the team to have going into a game like Arsenal. Yeah, I wish we'd changed our approach earlier in the half for sure. I like I can't help but think of like conceding the the equaliser against Everton last year. I'm still not over that one, but I think in, in general, I I agree. I really at halftime also thought we were going to come away like three nothing, four nothing you know, and then very qu- quickly it became clear that that was not going to happen. Can I ask you guys a question? Because you mm. probably had a better sight of it watching it on the FA player than I did in the stadium at times. But I'm not entirely convinced with the way that Drew and Angharad play with each other. It feels like somehow they're less than the sum of their parts. So we saw in some of those preseason games, Angharad especially, like spraying the ball around really effectively. Um, and Drew is obviously great on the ball as well, but it didn't feel like having both of them exactly worked. Um, it felt like a lot of the time the ball was going first to Drew when it was coming out of defence. And... I'm not sure if that was, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not, you know, I think she had a decent game um, other than the second half where she slowed down and there were some problems. But I just wasn't quite clear about how well they were working as a midfield pair. What did you see on the FA player? I said the exact same thing in my match write-up. I literally wrote the sentence, I don't think Drew Spence and Angarad James work together in a midfield too. (laughs) (laughs) uh I agree I think like I actually think Drew had a pretty good game though um like despite own goal aside I Mm -hmm. think like to me I finally understood she is the kind of player who like will go quiet for like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. um and then suddenly just pop up and try to make something happen it's such a weird mix it's like you know, she's one of the ones like really trying to get stuff started and changing the tempo of games and doing really smart stuff and then she'll kind of just like you'll realize you haven't seen her for like 10 minutes. And like some players are just like that. And like, I, that's a stylistic choice. And I, I don't, I don't think it makes her worse. Like we don't know that she'd be able to change games as much if she didn't do it. So I think it's just like a fact about her rather than like, I'm not trying to criticize her by saying that I'm just, just something I've, I've noticed. I think that it is like, I feel like, Anger at James and Drew Spence together as a midfield two did not provide enough defensive cover. And you might say like, we don't need that if we're playing three at the back, but I think we do that. I think that was clear yesterday. I'm not exactly sure why yet. I think like, I'd love to have Drew Angerad and Evelina on the field at the same time. I think that they're three of our, like, you know, maybe not our three best players, but they're certainly like, I think they should be in the starting 11. I think you need Evelina back further for more defensive cover. I think without her there, you get Drew and Angerad worried that they're not going, that like there's going to be a turnover and they're going to have to like contribute on defense. I think 
um, that limits them, their, their attacking is like having all that responsibility. I don't think it's their natural game. So that was kind of what I saw because it kind of just seemed like, yeah, midfield was very clearly an issue and I don't have a cohesive theory more than what I just stated as to why, but I don't think they work together. Yeah, I agree. And I also think, you know, we've already talked about Evelina being in that false nine role. I think that kind of threw some confusion into it as well, just of like where exactly everyone was meant to be and who was supposed to be attacking when Um, it just seemed like they weren't communicating as well. And, you know, I agree. I think Evelina is more suited to a more defensive midfield role. So that it just, it just didn't work. (laughs) That reminds me, I keep meaning to say this, like Evelina for me, the two best things about her are that her positioning is great. She can run forever back and forth, up and down, all over the place, wherever you want her to be. And she can carry the ball forward. Her passing is fine. It's good even. I don't think having her up there is the best use of like the best things about her because then you're not going to get her running back to like make challenges around our 18 yard box like her positioning she needs the two people ahead of her to be pressing well to be sitting in that third spot like keeping the ball we weren't really doing that um and so like it was just like a waste of what Evelina is as a player in my opinion and I feel funny saying that because mm-hmm. I'm like Rianne Skinner knows more <laughs> like has probably forgotten more about tactics and soccer than I will ever know in my entire life but I did think that was a weird use of Evelina and just like a weird use of her talents I honestly would have liked to see Evelina and Angerad switched and have Angerad playing in more of that playmaker role. Cause I think she's more suited to that. I guess I was thinking that the one thing that Evelina offers in the box is she's the sort of player who will bundle the ball across the line, which neither Roz nor um, Jess who was starting alongside her really are. They are the, you're taking the shots they're not necessarily the bundling the rebounds player. And I kind mm-hmm. of wondered if she was partly put there as that, you know, almost, I mean, you're right, full sign and a lot of what she does, but she's also sort of that, that other kind of player filling that role that Rachel Williams used to do much more. And that I'm assuming Nicola will do as well, but that some of our attacking kind of more elegant shot takers don't. Um, but yeah, I don't that's know. an interesting point. I think like it, it, I'd like I'd feel a lot better about that if she had like made it into the box more um, and like maybe if she had she would have and that that would have worked out because I, I I totally get that I think like even Drew Spence like could have worked up there as well I think like we saw her there for about 10 minutes against Club America before she got injured and she did it quite well I know she's played in a more attacking role for Chelsea but I also don't know what the goals and aims of that were um, and what exactly went wrong. So I'm just, I remain confused about the, everything I mean, that happens personnel-wise. To, to go back to an old refrain, I am still not convinced about the back three. I mean, they still don't seem like they 100% know what they're doing. And it is one of the things that means that we have fewer players in midfield, which means that we don't have all three of Drew, Angerad and Evelina playing sort of in the centre of midfield because we, you know, we don't have enough spots for them, as it were. Um, I don't know. 
Well, that's uh, something that might be interested to um, interesting to see going forward. It would give us a lot of insight into Rianne's values as a manager. If she just continues to play back three until Karis is back. I wonder if she just doesn't feel like there's enough defensive cover provided if you have two attacking fullbacks. I, I'm really interested to see how that one works out. I heard like, um, I heard a, a rumor that we were going to go with a back four against United. I don't know how much stake to put into that. So I was a little bit surprised to see a back three pop up against Leicester. I don't know. We need more games to understand like what the criteria are for back three versus back four, or like it could just be that we're a back three team now. And that's just how things are going to go. I truly it's a, it's a mystery to me. Well, I do want to say that I think Amy Turner had the best game that we've seen from her yes. so far. Obviously, it's a small sample size with three of those games being preseason. But she she looked so much more confident on the ball to me today. Her positioning was a lot better. So perhaps, you know, we have questions about the back three, but at least it looks like they might be finally forming that chemistry that we've been waiting for. What do you all think? I definitely think there's still some some work to be done. There were some times when the communication clearly wasn't there about between the back three as who was going for what and where what the positioning was exactly. Um, but it is a new partnership. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time to to figure that out. And if you've had changes of personnel up front, you're going to be focusing on the up front kind of tactics just before the game things. Um, and we know that that Molly and Shalina have been solid for us before, and hopefully they can you know, bring Amy into that and it will just be a case of a little bit of time. Unfortunately, um, with the games we've got coming up, there isn't really much time left to uh, to be getting used to each other because we've got some serious games coming up. Yeah, I think the rest of the team took a lot of pressure off the back three. And so they looked better, um, at least in the first half, not so much in the second half. But in the first half, I felt like the back three was under a lot less pressure than they have been in past games. And that that made things look a bit better. And I agree that Amy Turner seemed to have made steps to fix whatever was going on with her before today. So I hope that they just continue to progress and work better together every game and that all the minutes are valuable. I guess I was just going to say Molly had a really good game. Um, She was able to get back and provide cover on a couple of um, times when Leicester were breaking, when and she had that confidence she has on the ball. So again, she was able to play around players quite safely with confidence. And that was really important. But the fact that they were still getting away, and um, even with three centre-backs, we were often having, a, you know, one-on-one situations developing, seemed like there was a little bit of, you know, maybe misunderstanding or that they were again pushing all pushing forward at the same time or I don't really know and again the second half I couldn't see the defending so well and it was a much more um you know there was fewer fast breaks from Leicester because it was all in their half anyway that reminds me, did we do an offside trap yesterday? I couldn't quite tell on the FA player, but we definitely caught someone offside when I was like, in a way that surprised me. And I had never seen us do that before. And so I was kind of like, are we doing new things in the back line? Hmm. If we did, it wasn't very successful because there weren't very many of them. <laughs> well, it was one in the second half and it was like, 
a player had like come back onside to receive like a goal kick or something. Anyway, I couldn't see the FA player um, for all like we love it that it, it gets us to watch the games, but we hate it because sometimes you just can't see anything that's going on. Uh, but yeah, that's something I'm going to be looking out for in future games, I think. Molly, yeah, I thought Molly did well at times. And then like at other times, like she almost gave me a heart attack slipping in the box when the ball was going right by her. But other than that, I thought she did play really well. Yeah, I thought Molly had a strong game. Um, she, she's very solid. I mean, she always is. The The only two players we haven't really talked about much are Asmita Ale and Becky Spencer. Do y'all have any final thoughts on them? Well, at the end of the first half, I sort of, when I saw Sean, I was like, Asmita's been amazing. She's just been really, really good, especially in the first half, I thought. Um, she just, I, I mean, I think she probably had the most touches in that half. Um, and she felt, seemed very confident on the ball. She was playing it around. She was taking it up. I looked actually on FB ref as well. And at the moment she is also had the most tackles won of any player in the WSL. So she won eight tackles. Um, the person who's second is Ash with seven. So <laughs> it's nice to see that our fullbacks are continuing their tradition of hard tackling, um, you know, that's the, and also both of them were kind of getting fouled quite a lot, which is a sign that they're doing something right and that people are, you know, trying to get them off the ball. So I think, you know, on both sides, our fullbacks had a really good job, like a really good game. Um, by the end, it felt hard. And again, this goes to the fact that they weren't, there wasn't a way to break the press and everything was just going down the wings and there didn't seem to be a way of playing through the center and Leicester seemed to have worked that out and were putting several you know were, were kind of double pressing on our wingers so that it was becoming much more difficult um but I don't think that was their fault I think that was the fact that our the way that we were playing at that point was putting them in the positions Becky didn't have too much to do really did she let's face it um I don't think her distribution was as on point as it usually is. Um, seemed to be quite often not not leading to anything. Um, uh, but she didn't really have anything to do for us to be able to say much about uh, um, about that, really. Um, yeah, as Miss Ale in first half impressed and the second half was too far away to be able to really see what she was doing. And there wasn't really any attacking going on for her to be part of that. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it, you know, as I say, good first half, which is probably where, where we thought. And then second half, yeah who knows yeah yeah Sam I was really impressed with her I thought she barely put a foot wrong in the first half and second half obviously quieted down a little bit but I think like let's just what Rachel said like they got was to us attacking down the wings and then went to limit that so yeah um but I was really really happy to see that because I'd seen like sort of hints that she'd maybe become a better player during preseason uh so it was really cool to see a whole game and get to see Asmita like really thrive in that first half and I forget how young she is all the time she's still 20 which is crazy and like I feel like there were times last year when I was like maybe a little bit down on her not realizing that she was like 19 and very much still developing so it's very very cool to, to see her like you know becoming this player who's like clearly like a good fullback who who is still developing and 
still like looking for consistency and it's going to be like a, a very different fullback from Ash, but still like a really good one. I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I don't think she's anywhere close to her ceiling yet. So that's exciting. Um, and she's definitely got the maturity to play in the top division for sure. So looking at the bigger picture with this being the first match day. So, you know, we don't want to have any spicy takes just yet, but do we think this was a fair result and are we happy with the result? I think it was probably a fair result based on the, the play on the day. Are we happy with the result? No, I don't think we are. I mean, from a point of view of first day away game, three points in the bag, sure. From the point of view of uh, did we set the stall for the season? Did we show everybody what we're about this season? Did we say, look, we're coming for you? No, not at all. Uh, I think we let Leicester kind of, you know, lots of lots of the takes I was getting from other people who are more of a overall fans of the game rather than specific fans of teams were unimpressed by Leicester in the first half. And then obviously in the second half, they looked, you know, they, they came back at us and all, all praise to them for changing it up and doing that, but we need to be better. We need to be able to go, okay, they've changed it. Let's change what we're doing without relying on, you know, halftime team talks and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it's a start to the season. It's better than Manchester City and Chelsea did on their first day of the season. But but from a performance perspective, um, we've got a long way to go, I think. Yeah. I think, like Sean says, it was a fair result. And my feeling about whether I'm happy with it or not has um, changed. By the end of the first half, I was really happy. I was excited that we were starting to kind of create opportunities and looked exciting then by the end of the second half, I was really just pissed off that we'd thrown so many opportunities away. And I was a bit frustrated that we hadn't used the game to blood all of our exciting talent. So Ramona didn't come on, for example. Um, you know, there were players who could have come on. Celine only had a short um, cameo. And it felt like maybe there could have been some fun stuff happening that what didn't happen. And then when I went back and re- looked at the results of all the other teams and realised that we were the only team to get an away win, I was then, OK, well, you know, on that basis, it might be harder to get away wins this season. As you start getting bigger home crowds, as the bigger home crowds become a little bit more hostile, as in Leicester booing Ash repeatedly, um, maybe it becomes harder to play away than it has been in the past in the WSL. And so maybe an away win is worth more. And then I kind of adjusted my expectations downwards and, and I'm now like moderately happy. Yeah, I, I think I'm like, I'm like, Cautiously optimistic, moderately satisfied. Definitely think it was a fair result. Loved the first half. I thought the first half was a pretty good example of the way we've tried to play in the past. Not happy with the second half. So it all really averages out. I didn't really see anything to make me more concerned about certain things than I already was. Uh, And I saw some things that made me feel better about a lot of things. So all in all, I just said things like 50 times, but you know what? That's how, that's how it's going today. All in all, I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with y'all. I think it was definitely a mixed bag kind of result. You know, we definitely earned the win, um, but we know we can play better. And I guess that could be one, one way that you can look at it reassuringly is that we know this team can offer more. Um, so hopefully as, you know, injured players come back in, um, as the team, you know, the new signings get settled, we'll see more dominant performances like we would have liked to see in the second half, but did not. 
So we asked for a few listener questions. So thank you to everyone who sent in a question. Uh, so we'll answer a few of those now. The first one that we have is from Bill. And she asked, why is Ash Neville the best player in the world? <laughs> Easy question. It's tough to explain miracles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it's to do with uh, just her attitude and um you know, she gives a hundred percent all of the time. You know, she she's the kind of player that we love as as fans because she'll go in for those tough tackles, uh, but she will also charge forward and get the goals when she needs to. Um, she does a bit of everything. She's the kind of player that you know when you're starting to get frustrated because the attacking players aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Who is doing her yang the tong and runs up the field and proving that she's frustrated too. Um, and and I think also it has to be said that part of the attraction is that the amount of time she gives the fans after the game, you know, she's a great player on the pitch. She's a brilliant player. She's underrated, I think, by the rest of the footballing world, although I think other people are coming round to the realisation of how good she is. But I think she has been underrated, which also helps. And the fact that lots of lots of people feel like they know her because she will stop and chat to people and she will have a conversation with people and take photos and spend time. All of those things together, I think, means that, you know, as as fans, we love her. And she, even if she wasn't the best player on the pitch, we would still love her. But she often is the best player on the pitch because of those those tackles, those challenges and that like attacking flair that she brings. Yeah. And for me, I think it's also her consistency. You know, you always know what you're going to get from her. Um, and you, you can't always say that about every player. So. I think the fact that she's come up so every time she's been challenged to come up a level yeah she has done so she came to us from Coventry before they were in the championship and when we were in the second tier and and was the best player on the pitch one of the best players on the pitch fairly quickly we've gone up through the leagues and every time we've done that she's been one of the best fullbacks in the league um and consistently done that so you know which is again our frustration with why England don't give her a chance because she's proved that she can play up a gear every time um, but mm-hmm. that, you know, she hasn't, she, she's never kind of, thought, she's never looked like she's completely out, you know, well, completely a different class to everybody on the pitch, but she's always looked like one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah, I think for me, it's like there, there's only one Ash Neville. I I'd struggle to think of other players who like work so hard and give 100% all the time and are such clear like workhorses, but also like are just so stylish with their play mm-hmm. like yeah Ash just like even watching her block a simple corner like she just looks fancy doing it but in such an unpretentious way not that pretension is a bad thing but like there's just no one like her and I I, I love watching her and I thought it was so funny I was starting to think like oh we have some other players that I'm excited to watch this season it's going to be so fun it's going to be other people and not just the Ash Neville show and then she goes and does that goal so good. It almost brings tear to, tears to my eyes. Um, yeah, so she sure showed me. I don't know. Well, that leads me perfectly into the next question, sticking with Ash as a topic. Uh, Sean asked us, Sunny or Ash for banger of the week? What do y'all think? I'm, Ash. I'm going Ash, yeah. Because... On the one hand, there was no one around her, but it was from so far out. And it was at a point where we desperately needed a goal. And by the time Sun scored, 
I mean, you know, Spurs were already 3-2 up. They had control of the game. In this game, that game, that goal was the game changer. So mm. it was a more important goal as well as a, an incredibly beautiful goal, which was just perfectly um, aimed, you know, the way it dipped. I was sitting there going, yeah, this isn't going to go in. And I was like, what? It is going to go in. Because <laughs> it took so long that you had enough time to think through that whole thing. Yeah, got to be. Yeah, I think yeah. in the context of the games, it was it was kind of that Sun's goal was really important for him personally, but Ash's goal was important for the team. And it was just such a good example of her footballing IQ, you know, to have the awareness that the keeper was off her line and she had that opportunity to score. I loved it. Especially as a fullback, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. you expect you expect the defenders to score with their heads, maybe to score from corners and things like that, but just to get the ball in the center of the park there and just just, you know, spot the keeper. And go, okay, bang, and just that beautiful arc over the keeper. It's glorious. I mean, the hat trick as a whole was brilliant for Sunny, but um, I think as an individual goal, Ash is uh, Ash has to be up there. Well, it's funny how y'all keep teeing me up for the next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we also had a question from Nigel who asked, is it concerning that our two goals came from non-forwards? And if it is a problem, how does Rian Skinner solve it? I'm paraphrasing there, but <laughs> I think the problem comes or becomes solved when we incorporate Nicola fully. I think she is the missing piece. I will admit that I'm a little concerned that like one injury to Nicola seems to have left us up a creek without one. Um, so maybe that's the problem that needs to be solved. Uh, but, you know, we have a bunch of versatile attacking players that don't quite have their places yet. Ellie, Ramona, Celine. So I think all the pieces to solve the problems are there. I'm concerned more about, like, the injury aspect of it than the, you know, exactly what I saw yesterday. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think for whatever reason, Rianne was being quite cautious yesterday with her team selection. Um, we haven't seen our attack. We didn't see most of our attacking players yesterday. And if we did, it was for a very short period of time. Um, I think the good news is that if you haven't got, if your attacking players aren't playing, we've got other people on the pitch who can score. And that's that's an important thing. Um, but I, I think we don't think we want to worry just yet. We want to wait and see a few more games and see how those players who didn't make it on or who only had cameo appearances fair when they do get off the pitch. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, So final question, is it better to push for a decisive goal or to use game management to see out the result? This was another question from Sean. Well, I think we've all said we would have liked for them to push for a decisive goal. Uh, I think it depends, as I said, on the situation, depends on the team you're playing and the competition that you're playing in. But in an opening game of the season against, uh, um, in theory, a weaker side, um, I I think we should have pushed for a decisive goal. And it probably also depends at what point in the game. And I think that that was why we were pinpointing the lack of earlier substitutions. So maybe, you know, we can nitpick about whether or not to play it into the corner in the last five minutes or of injury time. But certainly on the 60th or 70th minute there was more time to push and it felt like mm-hmm. that was where you could have made more attacking minded substitutions and changed the style a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it, it like, I don't love the idea 
that were like game managing and like settling for a two nothing and then later two one win against the team that we all thought was gonna be the most likely team to be relegated in many people's minds the relegation favorites um and maybe that won't be the case maybe we'll see Leicester do good things against other teams and we'll feel a hell of a lot better about this but as it is right now I think it's better to push for a winner in most of those scenarios yeah I would agree and I, I think there were some mitigating circumstances here. Obviously, we talked about Nicola Rosella going out with her early injury, Jess not being able to play a full 90 because she's still basically coming back from an injury. And then, you know, a head injury to Evelina. All those things kind of combined to take the potency out of the attack. So, you know, this this game might not be the best example of, you know, this this question, this scenario. Um, but hopefully in, in other games against the lower table opponents, we will see the team pushing on and, you know, just scoring more goals than last season. I think that's the main, the main hope that we all have for this season. <laughs> so we also ran a poll to see who fans thought was the player of the match. And I don't think y'all will be at all surprised to learn that Ash Neville won the poll. So congrats <laughs> to Ash. I thought we could talk a little bit about the WSL at large because there were a few, you know, pretty surprising and significant results across the league this weekend. I think that the big one probably has to be Aston Villa winning four to three against Manchester City. Um, did any of y'all get to watch any of this game and have any thoughts about it? I watched a little bit of it on my phone while we were waiting to go to the Leicester game. The bits that I saw were I think I saw a couple of goals because they were coming so thick and fast at that time but it really just was the Rachel Daly show Mm -hmm. at one point where it was the difference that she made in pressing as well as then winning the back the ball back high up the pitch and you know her, her first goal was really nice her second goal also good but you know less exciting perhaps um yeah her combination with um layman as well seemed like it's going to be pretty decent and I guess all of those things we were saying about Manchester City seeming to be the case in that they weren't quite as coherent as they might be um and they were definitely leaky yeah I take back what I said about about Villa um having an anemic attack and having it be Rachel Daly um I think they they must have heard what I said uh no I'm just joking I didn't get a chance to watch any of the game but uh when I was looking through notes from it I was reminded that Aston Villa has Kenza Dolly now which I I remember being really impressed when uh we saw her play last year and yeah I take that back they 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 seem like they'll be all right well it's, it's one of those things isn't it at this point in the season first game of the season you make lots of us, you, you have your pre-season assumptions, then you watch one game and it's, you can't really actually make a, a definitive until you know, um, you know, is it just that Manchester City weren't quite on top of their own game? Is it that they were surprised by the, the new players at Villa and weren't quite anticipating the impact that they were going to have? Um, lots still to see, but um, really interesting to see that kind of challenge happening and, um, means that again hopefully we're in for a season where there is at least some chance that the top four will not be as successful albeit last season those hopes faded fairly early but you know the more the teams are pushing the better it is yeah I think you're right that we we don't want to read too much into these opening match day results I think a even better example of that would be the Liverpool versus Chelsea game 
because uh, Liverpool pulled off a shocking, you know, two one win against the defending champions. They're the newly promoted team, but all three goals came from penalties. So I don't know how much you can actually take out of that result. And it sounds like there were some refing decisions going yeah. on there. Uh, and that also that Chelsea had a late scratch from harder and stuff like that. So, you know, personnel issues all around, interesting refing. Mm-hmm. And also Chelsea are not good on the first day of the season. I think this is the fifth oh, season yeah. that they've lost on the first day of the season. So, you know, because last year famously, after we were all thinking Arsenal might have a bad season, they went and beat Chelsea on the first day. So, you know, Chelsea don't start well. Um, I, I really liked Emma Hayes' post-match interview when they were talking to her about what happened. And she basically said we couldn't we couldn't hit a barn door today. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, when you get your Jurgen Klopp's coming out and blaming the grass and how wet it is or isn't, Emma Hayes just comes out and says, well, look, it's a game of football. It's not, I'm not going to get that upset about losing it. This is what happened. Um, and I really just like her approach. And when, when we're seeing women being accused of being emotional too much, I think it's a great example of football managers at the moment, how actually the women are being much more practical about the results than men are. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can read too much into a game full of penalties. Uh, yes, we know Liverpool have got a good penalty taker. We know they've got a few good players. But, you know, as Emma Hayes said, they sat back and they didn't come out much. They made Chelsea do all the work. Uh, and in those circumstances, if you, you know, it's just small things. And we knew that Liverpool were going to be a good side. We don't know quite how good they're going to be yet. But as I say, we can't really tell after one one result. But quite a fun quite a fun one for us as, as non Chelsea supporters to enjoy that one I think. Something that holds true for both Chelsea and City is that we we already knew they were both going to have midfield issues so for them to like you know get sliced through or like be vulnerable on counters is not surprising or new information that is basically what we thought going into the season like I did think Chelsea fans were maybe being a little dramatic about not having a defensive midfielder but like I've, I maybe maybe they were right. I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say at least um, those two games were a lot more fun than the other two games involving top four. Oh teams, goodness, yeah. Which, yeah. After I saw that opening day, I was like, damn. I guess that's just what the WSL is going to be this year. And then the then the second day came. Yeah, Man, just... I've really just been wrong left and right here. <laughs> Just for the uh, record, I will read out those results. Uh, Arsenal women beat Brighton women 4-0. Arsenal were at home. And Manchester United beat Reading 4-0, also a home game for Man U. Probably the most competitive match other than ours against Leicester would have been the West Ham versus Everton, which West Ham won 1-0. I didn't get to watch this match, but it was a header from, I think, Lisa Evans for West Ham. So we know that West Ham loved those headed goals. So that looks like it's going to continue this season. I would just say, like, while we're talking about refereeing decisions, I think that all the three penalties in the Chelsea-Liverpool game were penalties. I think that the one that's much more controversial is the sending off in the Arsenal-Brighton yes. game, where the player was sent off in the sixth minute. And so Brighton played up. with 10 mm-hmm. people for, you know, more than 80 minutes of the game. And so the fact that Arsenal won 4-0 against 10 people, you know, 10 players is, you know, perhaps less impressive. Mm-hmm. I did see most of the Man United game and that one was quite impressive. Um, they looked pretty, you know, there was some really nice 
patterns being made. And it wasn't just Maya Letizia, who both scored and had some really nice passes, but also down the um, right wing, the combinations between their wing back and right wing players, both from Spain, was really good. Um, yeah. Man, so I, I don't have think to we say, them on opening day. <laughs> that was exactly my thought. Yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. We might have dodged a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think United fans are complaining about getting two goals from a defender. So we'll, we'll take that as it is. So speaking of our next match, it is going to be a tough one. We're playing Arsenal away at the Emirates, projected to be a record-breaking crowd for the WSL. And I don't know, how are y'all feeling about this one? Horribly nervous? Because that's how I feel. I just want to get it over. I mean, <laughs> I don't like going to the Emirates. I don't like being surrounded by Arsenal fans. I'm hopeful that something will we'll get something from it that, you know, but yeah, it's not going to be a joyful day of football, probably. <laughs> You know, it could be it could be that this is this is the match where it all clicks for us and everything, you know, that we've been worried about in pre-season suddenly comes together and we nick it. But um it's it's unlikely. Um I mean I think after last season, uh, the home game for us, the North the home North London Derby, we had such a great experience with that one. We ran them so close, we were disappointed to come away with the equaliser for that they as they equalised a bit later on. That kind of gave us the the taste for a more competitive North London derby. So I'm really hoping that we can be a bit closer to them. I'm, I'm really hoping that if if nothing else, we can keep that deficit down a little bit and, and start to show that we are getting closer. It's just unfortunate that I, I think at the moment, it, I think it, it, that it's come so early in the season because I'm not sure how re- ready we are for it. Yeah, I think at this point for me, like we are all well aware of existing flaws in the team and we don't quite know what the new team is or like is going to look like yet and so it's hard for me to to be anything other than to say trying to keep the nervousness at bay mildly curious about what new things we might learn and just like oh god what's gonna happen uh and then additionally I'm not looking forward to waking up at like six in the morning to watch it but that's another story (laughs) Yeah, we always have that added uh, difficulty over in the States. <laughs> no, no one likes a tough game early in the morning. But I, I think a lot of it's going to hinge on if Nicola is available to start. I feel like we have a much better chance if she is, is fit enough to start and we have, you know, kind of our more preferred lineup and attack situation sorted out. Yeah, um, there are like Chelsea fans hoping that Nicola is available to start. So, uh Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I will say, though, I meant to say this earlier. Um, I am pretty sure I saw Nicola in a training photo this morning. So that's good. Great news. We love that. Was to say, she didn't look like she was struggling yeah. warming up and things. So I think it was really a proportionary. If, she, if it was something, it was a proportionary situation. Yeah, I have to say, she is just the player who, when you see her running up and down the sidelines, you know, training when she's on the bench, and warming up she just looks the happiest out of everyone she was chatting away to Celine the two of them were just joking and then her and Ramona were chatting and she just I think she's just as joyful I love that that makes yeah. me so happy to hear <laughs> well and that's what you want to see you know a player who's just got that intrinsic motivation uh we love to see it 
well and good to see the new players already clearly feeling comfortable with each other and 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 that happy being there. You know, that's it's what you want to see is, is those those new players feeling like part of the team already. Yeah, I think it might have been Drew Spence and her her post game interview brought up the Louisville trip and how that kind of helped them to to bond and mm. you know not just yeah. on the playing field but but off as well. I remember like Rianne, both Rianne and Shalina, I think when we interviewed them, spoke about like wanting to make sure they had like really like great people who like fit together well with the team. So it's like really positive and nice to seeing that uh, to see that all coming together. Yeah. And we know that, you know, when the team is feeling that togetherness, sometimes they can pull off of an unexpected result. So we're all going to be hoping for that against Arsenal next weekend, bright and early for us, uh, midday for y'all. So thanks to everyone for listening to our first WSL match recap episode. And we will be back next week to talk about the North London Derby. Thanks. Come on, you Spurs. 